Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to the Smackdown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AEW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown and fallout from Dominic Mysterio getting murdered by Roman Reigns last week. I have to admit, I kind of enjoyed it, Hamlet. <laughs> I'm not remotely surprised. And to be honest, I've worked with that around that I wasn't even that spooked when he got super close in on the Zoom camera because I knew <laughs> what was coming. Yeah, I um, I like, had this like pang of remorse and feeling of regret watching SmackDown last week because I feel like we should have called this instead mm. of the tag team thing. It wasn't, at least I don't think anyway, it, I don't believe it was getting that picked up until people listen to the SmackDown preview every Friday on What Culture um, about the Roman Reigns seeming frustration with the Mysterios two mm. weeks earlier. And I wish I just like said it out loud at the time that, uh, well, we've been talking about Helen Nacelle, Jimmy Uso is an option, but is he really a big enough star? And Mysterio just slots in. We've been talking about who... Who do you find as these perfect opponents for Roman that aren't the ones that are going to beat him, but are the ones that are going to give you like a decent month on a B-show? And Roman Reigns slaughtering Rey Mysterio in a cage in front of his son on Father's Day. (laughs) Like, Like, I think even without our dream electric chair sequence speaks to the violence you need. <laughs> I think that might cover off what it was. That thirst that you've got, that bloodlust that you've got for just like paternal destruction on Father's Day. Yeah, it, it was, I thought it was a brilliant story on last week's show because I was mm. a bit knocked when they opened with it and then they lost and you were like, what? And then they were like, oh, his shoulder was up actually. And I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I'm in for the show now. It was a brilliant show long. They're really good at them, I have to say, on SmackDown in terms of establishing something at the beginning and going, all right, there will be some crap in the middle with Tamina and Natalia or whatever it may be, but you're sticking around because you want to know how this ends. And it, it works so perfectly as well in terms of the fact of the Usos lost the first one incorrectly and didn't technically lose the second one. They were about to by the looks of things, mm-hmm. but... Roman just went, oh, I'll make the decision for you. In I come, DQ, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then just, uh, do you know what I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to tonight? Not only because I want to see how the Usos respond to all this, of course, uh, as it was alluded to as the show went off the air, but also 
a pissed off Rey Mysterio. We've seen Brock Lesnar hoy his son against a wall in a medic's room a while back, of course, for Survivor Series, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. And now, yeah, how... It's not very often people come in. I mean, we saw it with Owens and stuff, but not very often people come in and go, I'm going to I'm gonna smash your head in because of what you did. But I'm so excited to see how Rey Mysterio presents that and what... You know, is Dominic Mysterio going to be in a comedy neck brace? You know, mm. and like I said, the Usos and how Roman is probably just going to sit there and shrug and go, oh, I did what needed to be done. I don't see what the problem is. We don't officially know that it's going to be Mysterio versus Reigns at LNSL, but all reports seem to suggest that. And as you say, the booking seems to head that way. Yeah, um, I I think I've like tried to be measured in my praise of the Roman Reigns Usos storyline. Some weeks I really like it, some weeks I like it less. I think often it just feels a little bit like they're treading over old ground. It all like I'll praise this when I feel like they're creative with it. And last week's scene where he like pretended obviously to mix up Jimmy and Jay backstage. Mm, oh yeah, that I feel is so worthy of praise because sometimes it is just right. Go out there and speak slow. You're really good at it. It's really intimidating. The Usos can both act, but like it's I much prefer it when they think of like. When they put a, like a bit of a creative injection into one of the segments, and that was what I got last week. Like, uh, I, like I think I probably popped. I like I felt something. I really, really felt something for it. Um, and Rey Mysterio, what they've established here, which is great, in you know using Dominic as they have done before. What are they? It's not an issue with the Roman Reigns character, but it's it creates the need for creativity. Is that you've made a champion so dominant that a lot of wrestlers probably would just rather not step to him. Mm. So you've got. Um, you know, like a Kevin Owens, who is a very brave and bold babyface. You've got Edge, who won the Royal Rumble and believes that that match with Roman Reigns was his like was his like God given entitlement from like for WrestleMania and for the comeback and all that. You've got Daniel Bryan, who just knows that there's no system he can't overcome. But you can't do that all the time with this Roman Reigns character. You can't. I love um, Cesaro, right? And I was really pleased to see Cesaro get the match. But they had to kind of work up to that. Mm. Cesaro had to have his metal tested and Cesaro suddenly had to realize, you know, what, I need to put this guy in the spot and actually challenge if he is a, like, if he really is the tribal chief. And then all of a sudden Roman's ego is flared up and he has to batter him on a pay-per-view. Like they have to, like I'm crediting WWE, they have to come up with ways in which the babyface can believe in their minds that they can beat this Roman Reigns universal champion. Rey Mysterio's motivation is going to be avenging the assault on his son. Really, really easy to buy into. A father-son dynamic is one of the easiest things to mine because Ray will ultimately die for this cause or he'll defeat Roman Reigns to the Universal title. And that's a very simple thing to sell. It's a very simple concept for people to get on board with. And because it's pro wrestling, it's a potentially awesome way to still get the split that we think is one day likely to happen between Dominic and Ray. Yeah, and although Trips has been on that media call yesterday saying, oh, you fans bloody ruin it for yourselves. Well, sometimes it's really good as a fan to be able to go, well, I know the title isn't going to change hands, but I can now plot Roman Reigns easily to SummerSlam. Probably at a push, I could book him till next year's WrestleMania. Like in terms of you go, okay, beats, beats obviously beats Rey Mysterio at Hell in a Cell beats Jimmy Uso at Money in the Bank, and then you can have him then subsequently realise he kind of has to align with the head of the table. 
and you've got then the Usos potentially winning the tag titles at SummerSlam. You've obviously got Cena versus Roman at SummerSlam at Survivor Series. You could have Roman versus Brock, who's now the, the Raw champion. You know, the Royal Rumble, you can have Roman versus literally anyone because it's the Rumble. And then you have the big match, uh, bigger than Cena even, whether that be The Rock or whether that be a, a, a changed Brock Lesnar or whether that be a Big E or someone like that. It's really, really exciting. And this is what makes SmackDown head and shoulders above what's going on on Monday Night Raw because I'm kind of like, yeah, you got Drew and and Bobby, and I'm sure they're going to have a great match, but I'm not interested in fantasy booking where we go next from here, unless the words Brock Lesnar are involved in SummerSlam. So let's move on and talk about the other side of this, though. I mentioned them earlier. What's next for the Usos? How do you think they follow this up tonight? Because I am i can't take my eyes off Jey Uso, even when Roman's on the screen at the moment. Well, to build on your point there about the, the I guess, like the Roman Reigns and the Brock Lesnar's of the world, the beauty of well-booked characters is that you start thinking of multiple roadmaps for them and all of them are good. Yeah. Because you care about the characters. That's the difference. You know, like to on Triple H's point, just briefly, mm. I'm not a television executive. I've not sat in the rooms that Triple H has sat in in his life. But if there's one thing I know about television, the last thing that any television network wants about their hit shows is for people the next day to talk about them at a water cooler. I've never heard that stated before by any... <laughs> Nobody wants anybody to speculate on the future of a show at a water cooler after they've watched an episode the night before. Never imagine that. They want people to watch it and forget about it and not feel engaged and be there next week. So I think people need to lay off the game. I think they need to lay off the King of Kings. I think people read those comments and then all they want to do is speculate on what he's going to say next. Just read them or don't. That's up to you. you read them or don't. Sorry, the Usos, wasn't it? Yeah, characters as well booked currently as the Usos and as Roman Reigns and as various other ones that you've mentioned there are ones that you want to see do things, but then are just as satisfied with the other things they do because you're invested in them. Enormous difference. Um, I feel like we have this with AW all the time. We knock out a load of fantasy booking scenarios, a ton of different scenarios for the characters because all of them are involved in so many different things and there's so many different ways they can go and virtually all of them are quite satisfying. In the case of Jimmy and Jay, we've got a minimum of two. Um... Will Jay definitively side with his brother or will he stab him in the back? With the Usos as a team, will they be able to exist under the thumb of Roman Reigns or will Jimmy Uso drag Jay back to the bright side? You know, it's just like, I don't know. Mm. Is there like sort of long answer to your question, but I'm loving watching it develop. Jay Uso is a really fantastic pro wrestling actor, maybe better than Roman Reigns, actually. Mm. If you think of the job that's being asked of him over this past several months. Um, and Jimmy Uso, possibly because this storyline is quite good, I kind of like a real fist pumping energy for Jimmy Uso's cause. Mm. Like I, want, I want him to save his brother, I do. Um, but, <laughs> but then the Roman Reigns character is so awesome. I think you can get to the point where the Uso's, where Jimmy also accepts his lot for a while and you have a fully functioning bloodline before a split down the road. Uh, like, and in truth, I like the scenario so much. I'm not in a mad rush to see them get there. If anything, use Hell in a Cell's main event as yet another like storyline device. Jimmy Uso is going to make Jay Uso watch what Roman Reigns really thinks of family values when he pulverizes Rey Mysterio in front of his own son. <laughs> he's going to 
Roman tells you, Jay, that he cares about family, watch this. Like, we've been in that cage with him before. We know what he thinks of family for real. Come on, get your head in the game. We've been together since day one. Take off that shirt and put on this one. And I just like, I don't know, I'm in no rush at this point because I've enjoyed these elements so much the last few weeks to see like them race to the payoff. I think there's a little bit longer, like a little bit more juice you can squeeze from this fruit before you, you get a, your definitive answer about where everybody's loyalty is like. Yeah, I, I think despite its shortcomings across, you know, in other areas, SmackDown for me is the best wrestling TV show right now. Better than the Dynamite. Wow. It speaks wow. volumes that I woke up uh, last weekend and, and as things are getting back to normal, it's, I'm factoring this in. So, like, mm. I'm going to see friends and family and stuff over the next few weekends, but I will make sure that I factor in getting up an hour, an hour and a half earlier so I can watch SmackDown because I genuinely don't want to go on social media and go, oh, bollocks, I've spoiled this next development in the, the Reigns yeah. story. Other stuff less so. I'll hold my hands up. Other stuff, you know, if they said, oh, well, Bailey's announced that they're going to have this match with Bianca Belair at LNSL. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's ruined it for me. This, this I don't want to know any spoilers about. You know, I, I saw uh, Andrade being unveiled as part of Dynamite before I watched the show. And I was like, oh, it's, just, it's a shame I didn't get surprised by that. But I'd much, I'd put all my eggs in the SmackDown basket and I will continue to do so uh, until this storyline, you know, fails. And it, and it hasn't done so for, for a long, long time, in my opinion. I mentioned Bianca, Belair and Bailey there. Divisive, their segment again last week, uh, let's say, uh, in the nicest possible way. But regardless, they are set for Helena Cell. Again, it, with, with, with the Bianca Belair storylines, and this is no fault of hers, of course, it is another continuation of, well, the match will be great, but I'm really not sure about the way that they're getting there. And it was a fun visual, I suppose, or a nice theory of we're going to put Bailey's face laughing at her on all these screens. But I wasn't a huge fan of it, if I'm perfectly honest. But regardless, they're heading to Hell in a Cell, at least. Worst WWE segment of the year until Alexa Bliss said to Shayna Baszler, hold my doll. <laughs> my worst segment of the year. Um, and I love Bailey. I love Bianca Belair, actually. She's class as well. But, like, you know, Bailey's my favourite. Um, I thought that was a disaster last week, an absolute disaster. You're right about the idea that you might as well use the Thunderdome for some, like, weird visuals before you're out of it. It's a strange and quite unique setting. It's not going to be there forever, thank God. Um, and they've not done that loads, I don't think. Mm. I seem to recall they've done bits with The Fiend and, you know, like, they've not necessarily exploited the fact that the, the whole thing is a titan tron to play with if you want it to be you know um it's so i don't think they've as, far as, as far as i can recall certainly off the top of my head it's been fiend alexa bailey and of course <laughs> sorry i just wanted to get oh well, yes of course <laughs> they uh they'd hacked the screens i guess that mm. must have been it um like Mustafa ali must have remembered the passwords from what he was doing on smackdown earlier on that year um yeah it's like the visual was probably a nice idea on paper. I thought the execution was miserable. Mm. Um, Bailey's laugh is obviously Vince McMahon's favourite thing currently, so we're, we're stuck with that. And, like, I feel sad for her because you just don't know what that mad old bastard is going to like one day, do you? Mm. Like, she must have done that once on commentary or in a promo, probably that time after WrestleMania when she pretended to be earnest and say, oh, no, good win over Sasha Banks. I know how hard fought that was. And then came back in and like, laughed in her face. Like, that seemed like one 
interview mm. and they wouldn't revisit it. Oh, Bailey's been insincere. They're going to have a match at the pay-per-view. But instead, obviously that laugh just tickled Vince so much. It's become her entire persona. And I, I like, I feel like it's badly undermining Bailey because she's added like 5,000 strings to a bow in the last year. Mm. And being, um, like talking bullshit to her opponents is one of those. I'm not advocating for the Bailey of, like the first heel turn Bailey of late 2019 where she was just angry. She was still like finding herself in that character and she found it last year. You can absolutely have the compromise of angry heel plus this like comedic arsehole. Mm. But this laugh stuff, if it wasn't already on the nose and a bit heavy handed, <laughs> 5,000 screens of it last week uh, was an overreach. And it made a fool out of Bianca Belair because she's the one that's got to stand there and sell it. She was like that moment of her looking yeah, actually- around. It actually worked quite well, I thought, of her being the one saying, no, I'm offering, I'm offering you out. I want you at uh, Helen. Yeah, but it just undermined the whole thing, that laugh, yeah. Holding a belt up as if it was like some sort of, as if it was like a, a shield, like a magic shield. This will make those screens switch off. If I just <laughs> keep holding the belt up and look concerned, like I thought it made a, like a tit of her as well. Um, I'm, this, that was a really bad segment last week. Um, and like, as a result, I kind of felt done with the feud after the fact. I was quite patient about them going back to this one more time because, well, let's be honest, it's because they're completely without credible opponents for Bianca Belair on SmackDown and they've used Bailey to bridge the gap to probably getting back to Sasha. So that kind of highlights just this like dearth of experienced challengers for Bianca Belair's title. I thought they were getting away with it last week, kind of like put me off the whole thing. So I, not that I think we'll get it, because you know we just ruin everything with our analysis. We just we just ruin it. We should just mm. we should just watch it or not. Well, I'm probably going to not until they bring me back around for a, a better segment. I need to be like I want this week to be a make good between the two. But I imagine those within WWE thought that last week was a total hit. It did the rounds on Twitter, like it, it got attention. I don't like not positive, but people were sharing it, and pe- the visual was strong enough that people were talking about it. So they'll probably deem it a hit. I, I've got to say. And no, this is not no 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 uh, word against Bailey because we've sort of seen like Seth Rollins doing it recently. But that fake laugh, uh, 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 something being so preposterous that he has to make you laugh, is one of my least favorite things in WWE. Uh, it was right up there for me. No, it's it's like, and uh, one of the reasons is is because it even exists in the first place. Like I say, if this was one, if this was like a one-time thing where she like pissed herself in Bianca Belair's face. Like, that'd be a really cool, obnoxious move. And then you just get back to the business of the feud. Instead, it's become the entire defining reason for the feud to exist, is that Bianca Belair, the world champion, is supposedly losing momentum because somebody is laughing at her every week. Like, I thought Belair's promo was like, it was fine, right? I saw it getting a lot of praise. And they've really um, found a way to explain why the laugh gets under Bianca's skin. And it's like, was that a good promo? Or have WWE come up with an idea so wretched They've got to write around that. They've got to do so much extra work scripting something that tries to legitimise the laugh. They do that all the time. They start with a bad idea, and it's like, right, how can we send a talented person out there to try and convince people that this is legit? Just, like, come up with a legitimate idea first, and then your wrestlers have to do so much less of the heavy lifting. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Let's continue and move on to, to Seth Rollins and Cesaro week after week. He comes out, he's unbearable. He blames us for, for the reason why he kicked the crap out of Cesaro. We are, well, what, 10 days? Hang on, my math is all over the place here. Nine, nine days uh, away from <laughs> hell in a cell. Is tonight the night we see Cesaro return to set up presumably a match between the two of them? I think so, yeah. I think he comes back tonight. Rollins gets absolutely pasted, full suit and all, in a like throwback to that spin Cesaro gave him when he was in those like brilliant white trousers shortly after WrestleMania or shortly before WrestleMania. Um, This hasn't been brilliant, but what they've, what they've at least realized with Cesaro is that he's a really like, I don't know if he's a hot baby face or just a super effective one, but he feels like a hot baby face when he's making that like electric comeback in a match. So Cesaro's matches are always brilliant. But his, like, it's a bit like watching um, Sonic get the fast boot or Mario get the fireball when mm. Cesaro makes a babyface comeback. He's quick. He's deadly. He does all this awesome stuff. If there was crowds in the building, they'd be popping for him as if the glass was breaking for Steve Austin. And he might for once look like the star that we've all wanted to see him get pushed out. But Vincent Mann doesn't believe has got in him. And outside of the context of matches, I think they've thought, let's do that with a beatdown instead. Let's make people be like, be just screaming at home for Cesaro to make the comeback. And how you do that, I guess, is by physically removing him from the picture. So Seth Rollins' attack was so violent after uh, Cesaro had already taken a beating from Roman Reigns that that's enough to justify him being off television for a little while. But this comeback he's going to make, he's going to be fully rested, he's going to be fully recuperated, and Rollins is going to get his ass absolutely handed to him with that with that threat of nine days, nine days um, for the pay-per-view. It's like it's the right time to do that. You've got a week of Cesaro's fans actually getting hyped for this. Yeah. And then some kind of something something from Cesaro next week that says, Seth, you're a big deal. You've had all these shots that I've never had. But next week, like this Sunday, I'm going to end you. And like I think he gets one 
proper top babyface promo to just cut Seth Rollins down and say, the reason you had to do what you did to me is because you know you can't beat me. And I'm going to show that again on Sunday. And then it's going to be it. I'm going to be done with you. And I'm going to be moving onwards and upwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, 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 I feel bad because whenever I talk about Hell in a Cell, I do it with the presumption of every match is Hell in a Cell. It's like, great, <laughs> Hell in a Cell. We already know Bobby and Drew's Hell in a Cell. Rhea and Charlotte probably could do with being in the cell because it's been built terribly. Bailey and Bianca could well be going down in Hell in a Cell just to mix it up from their WrestleMania backlash match. And Seth Rollins and Cesaro could easily be Hell in a Cell. Although I'd give them, you know, they've done so many bloody uh, stip matches recently, but some sort of maybe wild street fight would not be surprising to me. I've uh, saved my uh, impossible booking for this this week. So obviously Seth's come out. He's done his sort of address two weeks ago. And then last week he did a sit down interview, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, talking about everything and getting knocked whenever Cesaro's name got brought up. I think this week he's just a swaggering knobhead backstage and he wanders up to what he thinks is, Hi, Kayla! Kayla Braxton uh, to just have another chat and talk about how great he is and how he doesn't want to mention Cesaro except surprise it's Cesaro in a wig bitch boom lays it <laughs> like Dwight in the office when he's got wigs for yes, every one of his wigs. exactly oh, Kayla's like, suddenly like six foot four and jacked he's like alright Kayla how's it whoa <laughs> I would love the little montage that they did that with Cesaro pretending to be backstage personnel i think might might kill me you know what though like bailey laughed on a thousand screens last week cesaro the wig guy is not even the stupid side of cesaro like he yodeled once that's dafter than just having wigs of various other wrestlers yodel forgot about that i've wiped that from my memory for a while and then i've just remembered it yeah <laughs> he's got like he's got seven wigs like one for every language you can speak I, I like, I really, really like that we've stumbled into Cesaro, Master of Disguise. Imagine if one week, a la, a la Brassai, this man's disguised himself as the Thunderdome. He's not been caught for six years. <laughs> the Swig Superman. The giant Swig. But yes. Yeah, just imagine, like, he's, he's collected all these wigs because he swung people around. They've just flown off. And he's like, I'll have that. Thank you very much. In the pocket. It would be so good. Honestly, that's, <laughs> that's the man who beats Roman Reigns. Wait a second, that's the referee. No, it's not. It's Cesaro. Boom. That's the referee. <laughs> they find, like, what's great about being Kayla as the referee as well is that it's, like, traditionally, like, the smallest people on the show. And you put in this, like, rich house in a wig. Wait a minute. That's not Renee Paquette. That's not Michael Colsa at the announce table. <laughs> That McAfee turns it. Whoa! Oh, Cut quickly to Gorilla and Vincent. It's not Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to take piss because we really like Cesar and Seth Rollins, but yeah, I think that's the best bit of booking we've come up with today. So we, we like to shit in a baseless seeing Lily in the mirror. Seth's like doing his hair in the mirror. Oh, it's not a mirror. Cesaro's bought his suit and a Seth wig. <laughs> it's Cesaro. Oh, it's Cesaro wearing tinfoil. Boom. 
but yeah, in all seriousness, please, please book them well because uh, they're fantastic. <laughs> they do magic between the ropes. Uh, speaking of which, other two other people that do that: Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens failing in his attempt yet again to win the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, yes, Commander Seeds wasn't a ringside. He just beat the crap out of Kevin Owens before the match even started, and therefore put him at a disadvantage. But regardless of all that, post match, Sami Zayn, who's just brilliant as is Kevin Owens, but he runs in. Paluva kicks him and goes, yeah, it's not nice, that, is it, when someone attacks you after you've just had a, 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 bit, a bit of a bad time as well? Fight forever. Put him in Hell in a Cell. Don't have to necessarily be a Hell in a Cell match because it is a guaranteed banger, these two together, in it. Mm, yeah, like, tolerable stuff. A cute enough workaround to the no-interference rule last week. I'll, like, I'll, I'll give them that one. Got Apollo Crews out of it, and it got him out of that feud, and we're done with that now. I don't know, you know, like I think the magic of Zayn and Owens at WrestleMania was that it was Zayn and Owens at WrestleMania. Mm. You almost couldn't believe that they'd arrived at that match that they obviously would have really wanted and, and dreamt about in front of a crowd on like such a special night. Mm. Um, I don't know what value it has right now because I, I'm quite patient with Zayn and Owens. I think you can go there roughly every two years. Mm. Every two months is probably a bit of a push. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> um, um, WWE, because Owens got the win when you had I was going to say Jake but it was Logan Paul wasn't it yes. like with Logan Paul involved and that kind of like that particular um, part of the Sami Zayn character it seems to me like Zayn will probably win this one and what you've got to look at after the fact when this feud's over is that obviously Zayn will we've pitched him as a kind of like outside shop for money in the bank I think he'll be a great character to use in television when there's crowds back because he's going to feed off people so well um, Kevin Owens even in a company that where wins and losses don't really matter, feels like he's mostly on a losing streak. Ironically, apart from the Sami Zayn win at WrestleMania, doesn't really feel like much else has gone Kevin Owens' way for a long time now. Mm. Kind of lost into the Roman Reigns programme, which he lost over and over and over again. He's lost comprehensively to Apollo Crews at this point. You would assume he's going to lose to Sami Zayn. Um, I, he's probably happy enough, but I'm not so sure how much more you can, how long you can utilise Kevin Owens like that before you have to give it a wreath. Think. Don't know if turning heels the answer. Don't know if switching shows the answer. Yeah, that might be it. He, he said he wasn't fussed about going back to NXT, which I thought was a hell of a damning indictment on NXT, considering the fact that he was nearly in tears when he came out of War Games. Um, so I'm a little bit worried for Kevin Owens' future. I, I, like he's in a better place than he was the last time he was getting buried a few years ago. But I just doesn't feel like a concern. I worry very much. He could. If we mentioned Cesaro, I guess he could just slip into that like utility role for like a long, long time. And I hope he's okay with that. I like Kevin Owens so much that I hope he's happy with that. What I was a big fan of with Sammy this week was him heaping praise on himself for Logan Paul's <laughs> yeah. uh, effort against Floyd Mayweather uh, over the weekend. I just have him. I like they don't even necessarily need to have a match at Hell in a Cell, in my opinion. You can that card's filling up already. Um, this can arguably just be kept on TV because, like you say, you've had the big pay per view match. Um, I don't know. There's a bit of me that's like, are these two going to fight and then? then suddenly go, should we be a tag team? There's always that in the back of my head. And I'd be absolutely fine with that and giving them a bit of a tag title run uh, at some point might be intriguing. But yeah, uh, Sami Zayn coming out and saying, didn't Logan Paul, therefore vicariously through me, do really well against Mayweather over the weekend? And then just hit him with a stunner this week. It's simple booking really, isn't it? Yeah, um, it. Other intriguing booking is Otis is viewed with the Street Profits. What's going on here? I don't know. Um, it's 
generous praise first. Uh, probably good that they're thinking of something to do with the mid card, mm-hmm. um, with tag teams that aren't necessarily fighting for the belts. Um, you know, the, the future of the Alpha Academy suddenly seems in doubt when it's barely been together five minutes, but then nobody can ever stay friends in WWE. So that kind of checks out. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I rarely say this about WWE now, and I think it's predominantly because we have to spend a lot of our week talking about Monday Night Raw. This was, wasn't was amazing or anything, but we are absolutely at the point with SmackDown where when something's had a week one, I'm just willing to let things play out a bit and see where they go for a week two, three, and four. WWE have asked, nay, begged for that from its audience. Here. Just let it out and see where it goes. And it's like, well, we did that all the time and it went absolutely nowhere, so we stopped letting it play out. Mm. But I think SmackDown... I guess to like echo your point from before, I think it's earned a little bit of patience with how these stories play out, even the ones that appear at first unimportant, such as, you know, where we're going next, for example, that plot. Um, Initially, you're given the faith to think, oh, maybe something will come of this. So, like, I don't think much of it yet, but I'm not going to be too harsh on it either. Let's give this two more weeks before we rip into the feelings of it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do really enjoy any time the Street Profits are on my screen, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I, I, just, I, want a, I want a promo off Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins uh, against an arrogant, with no good reason, really, an arrogant Chad Gable yeah. is 100% something I'm here for. And I have no doubt that, uh, you know, no slight on Otis, but the, those three guys will produce magic if given the opportunity. If you give them a 10, 15 minute match, oh my God, what they could do. Um, and so, yeah, like you say, a bit a bit like that. It may be a convoluted way of getting there, of Otis defending his Alpha Academy leader's honour backstage. But yeah, and there's some obvious like shots that the, the, the street poppers can get some nice lines out of with the two of them. So... Hmm. Yeah, good. I'll, 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 I'll if you know, they, if they say something's going to happen as we open SmackDown tonight, I'll be hooked as, along with all the other good stuff. Uh, the other good stuff being <laughs> Jinsuke Nakamura, uh, Rick Boogs, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I was going to say King Corbin, Baron Corbin, because we can't, we can't really decide who the real King of SmackDown is. I mean, he's Roman Reigns, but in terms of crowns. Uh, the real King of SmackDown is either the King of Strong Style or King Corbin. Uh, again, just baffling. Oh, yeah, no. Just have Shinsuke loose against Baron Corbin on SmackDown. But then he steals the crown back. What a load of bollocks. And yet, guilty pleasure of mine still this. Guilty because you haven't to bring it up with me. Is that because I hate this? I hate this so much. Um, I, flippantly, I suggested on last week's SmackDown preview. Um, why are we thinking that they're going to lead to Hell in a Cell? Because they'll do it on Hell in a Cell and then they'll do it on television. It turns out they've done it on television and then they'll probably do it on Hell in a Cell. Yeah. <laughs> they've somehow made a pretty lazy situation even worse by doing the television match first. As you say, Baron gets the win. Jesus Christ. Like, who booked this? Honestly, like, it's the crown stuff was, if we're going to be generous, it was like a funny sight gag once. Mm. Um, I have to say, as somebody, as you know, I like to think at whatculture.com, we were Bugenhagen OGs, right? 100%. Yeah. I think they might have already blown Rick Boogs. Oh, um, no. 
Yeah, sorry. Uh, this angle is torture, really. Um, it, it's boring matches. It's identical outcomes because Nakamura's got the crown. The result of the match doesn't matter. Who owns the crown doesn't really matter because Corbin sits there patiently and waits a week to try and get it back and then gets it back and then loses it again. It's like, oh, I'll get you next time. Um, the pay-per-view match is going to stink if it even gets past the kickoff because the television match wasn't that good. Um, Boogs getting a match with Corbin is not something I want to watch. Like, at least they've got him playing the guitar and screaming. That's, like, one of the most awesome aspects of that guy's, like, all I would argue is, is, like, let's close on top, please, because his body's amazing, too. Oh, yeah. I, I just think this angle stinks. And if the Boogs Nakamura act has got legs, they need to run away from this storyline as quick as possible. Yeah, I can absolutely see where you're coming from. And, uh, you know, uh, I sense that if, maybe if I hadn't watched on double speed this segment, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, God, this is dragging last week, right? And maybe I'm just biased because it's like two of my favourite guys in, in Nakamura and, and Boogs, obviously. I, I'll give it, I give it more of a chance than I would if it was, you know, anyone else or certainly a, a storyline on Monday Night Raw. I'm terrified they're going to do something along the lines of what they did with the IC title years ago, where it was like, ha I've got the crown back. Oh, psych, that's not the real crown. Oh, but, you know, we're, we're heading towards crowds coming back, which means, I think in WWE's book, use up all the stipulations right now. So you know what? Bollocks to it. Let's just have hell in a cell. No one-on-one match for like, oh, for the crown. Put a hat on a hat on a crown and have <laughs> Baron Corbin, Shinsuke Nakamura, winner is the king, right? And the crown is on a pole, but Rick Boogs is in a shark cage. <laughs> I just, I love that, like, all of that. Winner is the king. Like, <laughs> said, it's honestly, the thing is, like, you know, we joke a little bit about this and crowds are coming back so we can maybe confine a lot of this sort of nonsense to history. But winner is the king. <laughs> like, wouldn't even make the top 10 for, like, stupidest things WWE have had to say ahead of a match. Like, you know, this is the, this has been the 12 months of eye extraction. Mm-hmm. Um, have swamp fights. Have things like that. It's like, winner is the king. is <laughs> <laughs> <years> now. <laughs> I do. It is like a good line because as as ridiculous and convoluted as it sounds, if after Hell in a Cell, Roman Reigns shows up and goes, so I murdered Rey Mysterio and his son. What's all this about a king? I'd kind of be like, yeah. uh-oh, okay. I'm into this again. I love the idea of like Vince seeing Nakamura in a crown once and like just elbowing Bruce Pritchard hard in the ribs. There, Bruce, Bruce! Wait. We need to call him the king of strong style. And everybody goes, good idea, boss. Love it, love it, love it. And he's like, you idiots thought he was an artist. <laughs> Why do I even keep these around? Triple H is like, you don't, Dad. You don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's time to find out who the real king on SmackDown is. The winner is the king. The winner is the king. <laughs> I love that. And imagine if, oh my God, imagine if not, I talk about a hat on a hat on a hat here. Winner is the king. Crown, crown on a pole. Rick Boogs in a shark cage. Michael Hamlet dressed as Elvis. 
<laughs> Bollocks to it. Who cares? And inside the shark case, there's a toilet and some cheeseburgers. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? And when he flushes it, just as King Corbin's about to reach the crown, goo comes out. It's goo time. Ring the, ring the goo bell. I think Rick Boogs is lonesome tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. This has got to happen now. Right. Serious as always, this has been the SmackDown preview. Let us know you <laughs> on Twitter at what culture WWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to what culture wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the AW Dynamite preview coming later on today. And of course, the SmackDown review with, with Phil and Gareth will be out tomorrow. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.